history is riddled with people who succeeded despite their naysayers. Look, you have got one life on this earth. Each moment that you spend dwelling on someone's negative comment or their mentality, worrying about their judgments of your actions or stewing in anger is energy that you could otherwise spend fueling your success, your passions, your drive, your goals, your contribution to your family, to your community, your impact on humanity. You're listening to the Purpose Filter Podcast, the show that shares deathbed wisdom to help you live each day better than the one before. I'm your host, hospice and palliative care doctor, Louie Kathy Zhang, certified integrative coach and hypnotist and your resident New Yorker, coming in to remind you of how much of a badass you really are. On today's show, you will hear how to deal with all of the people in your life who are just handing out their judgments and slinging negative comments your way like it's free sample day at Costco. And I know you have some people who immediately spring to mind when I mention that. So if you're ready to lose the weight of other people's opinions of you and feel lighter and freer than ever before, stay tuned and let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to another week here on the podcast. So this week, the idea for the show came to me because I was reading comments on threads. And if you don't know what threads is, I mentioned it last week briefly, but it is Meta's version of Twitter. And a lot of people were feeling just because of the newness of the app or perhaps the people who are the early adopters who are using it were saying how it feels so much more pleasant and positive of an environment compared to Twitter. And also this influencer or thought leader I follow, Jenna Kutcher, she posted a video with a caption of what people used to say about her when she was starting out. It would be like, oh, did you see Jenna? She keeps posting like she thinks she's an influencer. How embarrassing. And then the video after that is a mini montage of her life and all of her accomplishments since then. And so I really wanted to talk about it because I feel this is something so many of us go through. And I know my clients go through it because they talk about it as well. And it's kind of hard to believe that it's taken me almost two years to talk about this topic. But like Lizzo says, it's about damn time. So this episode is going to be broken down, as with most of my episodes, some background, some insight and perspective, the 30,000 foot view, and then specific actionable strategies that you can apply immediately after listening to this episode to help you move through the obstacle to face the challenge and come out a little bit better on the other side. So why are people negative? And you can think about negativity as pessimism, as being cynical, people who are worry warts, anxious, people who complain, you know, the quote unquote Karens of the world. And it's a product of our biology and our environment, as with most things. And I've said this many, many times before, but humans are wired for negativity bias. It is what has helped us evolve. It is what has helped us stay alive all of these years. And now 
biologically speaking, some families, some lineages are more pessimistic than others. Those genes of your ancestors were passed down through your grandparents, your parents to you, their traumas, their lived experiences. And presumably, if the thought is that it worked for them, then maybe it'll work for you too. And so there's a part of that. And then also on the other end, the cultural, the familial, the societal upbringing. You know, when I was growing up, my dad would always be like, life is 80% hardship and 20% good times. And I was like, damn, dad, that is really, well, then like life isn't very great then, is it? (laughs) You know, and so that was passed down to me. And perhaps if I have kids in the future, my take on life may not be the 80-20 ratio that my dad felt because his life experiences were actually very different from mine. And he did feel that 80% of his life was difficult and challenging in a way that I probably have not had to feel because of the situation that I was brought up in. And so regardless of environment, regardless of biology, genetics, negative people, judgmental people are everywhere. Some of them are chronic complainers, like nothing is ever good enough for them, or they're overly critical, they're nitpicky. And some of these people are the ones who are closest to you. They might be your family, your parents, your siblings, your partner, your spouse, your grandparents, your children, your coworkers. They could be strangers on the subway, on the internet for all that matters. And like it or not, all of this negativity that is present in the world is affecting us physically, mentally, and emotionally. There have been studies that have been published that negative emotions can spread through things like social networks, right? There are studies that show that negative emotions expressed by coworkers also affected other people's moods and job satisfaction, which led to decreased overall productivity and a higher likelihood of burnout. Another study in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology showed that being around negative individuals consistently was associated with higher levels of psychological distress, things like anxiety and depression. And so this is a real thing. It's a manifestation of our environment, of what is going on around us. And so it begs the question, why do people do this? And here are just a few, it's not an exhaustive list, but here are just a few reasons. There are some people who have good intentions. Their heart is in the right place and they want to remind you of the dangers of the world. My parents still do this to me and maybe yours do as well where they send you articles that they read about local burglaries or shootings or scams. And it comes from a place of love. And it's also like, okay, yes, I saw the same news article that you did. Thank you for sending this to me. And I will be mindful of it. Thank you very much. Or some people have had life experiences that made them lose hope. You know, maybe someone got laid off multiple times. And so therefore, it's harder to feel optimistic about future opportunities. Or maybe that person is threatened by you. You changing your life for the better in a way might actually mean that they get left behind. 
or someone doesn't like change because whenever big changes have happened in their life, it's meant a loss of safety or love or literally someone actually died. And so they've internalized change or deviation from the status quo as bad. Or some people feel small and unhappy in their own lives. And the only way to feel better about themselves is to demean and criticize and bring down someone else. And there are many, many reasons why people behave in a certain way. We cannot control those reasons and we cannot control other people. So let's move on to what we can control ourselves and our own responses to the outside world and to other people. So we've got about five or six strategies here. The first one of which is to share communication and feedback. And so maybe the situation is you're excited about something and you want to tell your friend, a family member, a neighbor, a colleague, and you can say up front to them, hey, you know, I'm feeling nervous about this next chapter of my life, about this change that I'm thinking about pursuing. Maybe it's going back to school, launching my business, adopting a child, whatever it is. And you can say to whoever you're talking to upfront, you know, what would be helpful for me right now is support. Or, hey, I'm going to tell you this thing, and would you be able to share with me two positive aspects you can see about this, and maybe two things that I should watch out for if you want, let's say, a more balanced approach to their feedback to you. And speaking of feedback, you can tell them how their response to you makes you feel. If you share something that you're really excited about and the first thing they say is something negative or critical or something like that, you can then come back to them and be like, hey, I was really excited about this. And when I shared it with you, what I heard was something that was a little critical or negative. And I just wanted to make you aware of how it made me feel. And that could maybe even bring up a blind spot for that person. Maybe they're not even aware that they're doing it because it's become a habit. And look, sometimes hearing negative things can be helpful. Like if someone's intentions are in the right place and it helps you consider something that you maybe hadn't before. And it's also okay to say, that is not what is most helpful to me right now. And that's fine too. And this also ties in with the second strategy, which is to choose your audience wisely. You do not need to tell everyone everything. Sarah Blakely from Spanx said that ideas are at their most fragile at the very beginning. And she tells a story that if she had told people about Spanx when she first had the idea, that the things they said to her would have made her doubt herself so much that Spanx would not exist, literally would not exist, because they said things like, you know, if it was such a great idea, it would already exist, or you're never going to make any money because people will just make knockoffs, and then you'll lose out due to the competition, and it'll be a waste of time. And so sometimes we want feedback from others because we're unsure of ourselves and we think that, hey, if I talk to someone about it, they'll give me support. And that's great if they do. But 
if you don't choose wisely or if you share at a time when you're vulnerable to the negativity, then you have to be mindful of how it's going to affect you, your energy, and this thing that you're pursuing. And so that's another way of exerting a little bit more control. It flows through you. You get to decide the timing of you sharing with someone. You get to decide who is going to be able to have the privilege of listening to you and your ideas and being able to be a sounding board for your process. The third thing is to set boundaries, as you probably know. Look, Other people are entitled to voicing their opinion. Free speech, that's fine. And you are entitled to remove yourself from their vicinity as well. I've got a whole episode on boundaries. It's like from a year ago. It's episode 38. And so you can listen to that. And so whether you have to physically get up and leave their presence or exit a conversation or keep their relation to you at a distance or you straight up excommunicate them from your life, there are ways to limit your exposure to negativity, to judgments, to all of that stuff that is not making you feel great about what is in your heart what makes you passionate, what you're really trying to pursue, the change that you want to make in your life. And again, this doesn't mean that you're not open to feedback, that you're not willing to hear perhaps the downsides of things. It's just that after a certain point, you don't want to deal with all of the people who are consistently negative, who you know, no matter what you say to them, they're going to react a certain way. And that goes into the next strategy, which is reframing things and going for the good. Because opting for the negative aspect of something is a habit. Judging other people is a habit. Those people are going to keep doing it over and over and over again. And then at some point, it becomes automatic, like reaching for a cigarette when a smoker feels stressed out. You know, you can say to them, hey, there's good and bad to any situation. Let's also look on the bright side. Or, hey, maybe there's a silver lining to this. And you can loop them in. You can bring them into your sphere of thinking about things in a different light. And maybe that can be a way for them to see that there's a different way of thinking about things, that there's another perspective here that maybe they had not considered before. And this point really goes into the next strategy, which is it's not you, it's them. Remember, when someone says it's not worth it, they mean it's not worth it to me. If they say that's a stupid idea, it means it's a stupid idea to them. They say that's never going to work because they cannot fathom what it takes to make it work. You can, not them. They are imparting their values on you. So it's up to you to decide how much energy you want to spend to make them either see it your way or to convince them that there is another way to think about things. You know, Brene Brown, I loved this quote that she says, she says, if you are not in the arena with me, I'm not interested in your opinion. If you're not getting your ass kicked on occasion, I'm not 
open to your feedback. And she says, like, there's a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us trying to dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you are not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in your feedback. Man, if that is not a mic drop quote, then I don't know what is, right? And I know a bunch of people, and I use this quote a lot, which is, if they are not feeding you, if they are not financing you, their opinion doesn't matter. And listen to that again. If they are not feeding or financing you, their opinion does not matter. So many people and so many of us are out there worried about what some rando they knew from high school 20 years ago, who maybe they only interact with by like liking their post on Facebook. We're worried about what they think about us, about our current life. Or there's the entrepreneur who's worried about the opinions of people who would never pay for them and their services or product anyway. We're so wrapped up in things that don't truly actually move the needle. Like Brene Brown says, it is easy to hurl things at people when you're not also putting yourself on the line. And so remember that the next time someone does exactly that to you, because the chances are very high that they are not doing what you are doing. And let's face reality. Unfortunately, some of those people who are going to be dishing out those comments are the people who are closest to you people who are supposed to love you and support you. And that carries a lot of emotional stress. That's grief because they don't support you. And you can fight reality and you can hold on to your expectations of how it's supposed to go or how they're supposed to act or accept that right now, this is what the situation is. And yeah, I'm sorry to say that it's unfair There are some people who should totally have the support of the people who were supposed to care for them or love them or keep them safe, and they don't. And I wish I could change that, but I can't. And the good news is that you can do something about it, even though the situation sucks. You are not the first person, nor will you be the last person to have people who should have been in your corner not be there. And it makes me think of that Michelle Obama speech where she says, you know, when they go low, we go high. And she's done interviews about this, about how going high doesn't mean you don't feel the hurt or that you're not entitled to emotion. It means that your response has to reflect something different. And the way I think about this too is, look, you have got one life on this earth. Each moment that you spend dwelling on someone's negative comment or their mentality, worrying about their judgments of your actions or stewing in anger is energy that you could otherwise spend fueling your success, your passions, your drive, your goals, your contribution to your family, to your community, your impact on humanity. 
Like, are you really going to let someone else's lack of imagination become the ceiling for your potential? You're just going to abide by their nearsighted vision and just believe them? Like, if you're doing anything that is worth doing, it's going to encounter resistance. It's like a rubber band. The more it stretches away from the center, which is the status quo, the greater the tension. And history is riddled with people who succeeded despite their naysayers. Heck, I told a friend what my ambitious goals were and they laughed in my face. And I'm only a couple years into this. You know, use their doubts as fuel. There is nothing that I love more than a prove the doubters wrong moment. Like when these petite women go to the gym and everyone's like, what is she doing at the squat rack or, you know, trying to deadlift? And then she puts the same amount of weight on as a guy twice her size would. And then she pulls it and like, it's nothing. And they stare at her in disbelief. Like, yes, yes. Prove them wrong, but more importantly, prove yourself right. As Beyonce says, always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper, okay? People will judge you whether you do it or whether you don't do something. So let them. You might as well do what makes you happy. And remember, you will not be criticized by someone who is doing better than you. So go for it. You got this. So the next time someone is judging you or adding more negativity into your life, remember it has way more to do with their life experiences and values than you and your chances of success. Communicate upfront, set boundaries, reframe things positively, remind yourself they are projecting their insecurities onto you and that the path of change encounters resistance at every turn. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening week after week. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, take a moment, please, and rate the show, write a review, and the same thing on Spotify, you can rate the show as well. Share this with your friends if you know that they could use a little bit of advice and help when it comes to dealing with this very topic in their lives. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I will see you next week.